0: Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I have on Molly Mandelberg. She has founded Wild One Rising and the Tactful Magic podcast. She helps coaches and healers expand their businesses, and she lives a nomadic lifestyle in a van. And it's pretty, pretty cool. And it's the first I've talked about it with somebody here. We talk about delegating, biggest problems for entrepreneurs um her thought leaders quiz it's really interesting and she's a very soulful coach and facilitator so i hope you guys enjoy her hey how are you hi i'm good can you hear me i can hear you really loud and clear
1: awesome how's your morning going doing okay just getting started
0: awesome okay do you mind whenever you're ready just to introduce yourself to the listeners
1: sure right now yeah hi so my name is molly mandelberg and my business is called wild hearts rise up and i work with mostly coaches and holistic practitioners who are really great at what they do but for whatever reason they're not great at talking about what they do or they're not great at using technology to show up online and share their message with the world so I help them to craft their deep work into inspiring content and hot copy and also to tackle the technology required in this day and age and also overcome any obstacles in their inner work and their mindset so that they can be the leaders they're meant to be
0: amazing and how did you get it started
1: So I started my business actually as a hypnotherapist. And as I was starting to learn about business and marketing, um, I sort of went down the rabbit hole of geeking out on sales funnels and how Mm -hmm. online automation can work. And I ended up getting so good at that, I started letting my friends who are also coaches and healers hire me to support them. And then that just kind of took off. So my business shifted towards teaching marketing to heart-centered practitioners rather than being the heart-centered practitioner, although I still am. And do you consider yourself someone very intuitive? Definitely. Yeah. My life is very much run by signs and guidance. (laughs) Yeah. When do you think was like the first time you said to yourself, like,
0: do I have a very strong intuition? Was there any particular story that you have to share?
1: Um, I was raised believing in a lot of far out spiritual stuff. My mom used to like channel the Akashic record before I was born. And um, so I've been very tapped into spirituality and asking big questions about reality and the universe um, as long as I can remember. Um, I don't remember if there was a first instance of feeling like I had an intuitive knowing, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's been so many moments in my life where I was guided for whatever reason to, um, move in a new direction. And I think following that is what absolutely led me to who I am and how I live now. So
0: how do you implement your spirituality and your intuition into your business?
1: Oh, gosh, every which way. Um, (laughs) I have a very um, important practice that I do every day. Mostly, it's just journaling. Um, I write before I get out of bed every morning and I write before I fall asleep every night. And that's partly to decompress and like dump all the stuff that's bopping around in my head. And it's also a way for me to center and ground myself and a lot of times that's where my next big business idea will come through that's where I'm processing um the ideas that are coming up and giving them space to take shape and take form and that has led to you know the many programs and courses that I've created um all of the strategies that I've ended up implementing started in that journal and um yeah it's it's all from that higher knowing place that I try to listen to. Usually an idea will tap me on the shoulder for a long time before I'm like, okay, fine. You want to come (laughs) to life now? I will allow you to. I'll do my best to show up for you and give you the attention you need so that you can become whatever you want to become. So is that your way of like fighting it? Did you ever have to fight your spirituality or you always felt like you were going to embrace it? Always. I mean, everybody has to rebel against something, I think, Mm -hmm. in adolescence and growing up. And since I was given all this space to believe in grand ideas and to believe in, you know, possibilities, I think I did rebel against that for a long time. Or I was coping with, you know, overcoming some trauma in my own childhood. And that I was really, I think I was allowing myself to be a victim of that for a really long time instead of embracing the higher knowing that was available to me, and tapping into who I was and what I really believed in. Um, so, yeah, there were many years where I was not a happy person. Right, and I was self-medicating with alcohol and you know consumption and trying to numb and avoid life. And it took a lot of healing and a lot of work to get through that, so that I could be um, more tuned in and connected and more aware of what I really wanted and who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up in my life and my relationships.
0: That's so, I love that. So what advice would you give to someone who's like fighting that part of themselves, their spirituality and their intuition? Their Yeah. give
1: Give yourself permission to be where you are. I think part of the reason that those hard times last as long as they do is because we're in total resistance to it. And when we resist something, it tends to continue longer Mm -hmm. If we learn to be in total allowance of ourselves and acknowledge ourselves for how well we are doing, regardless of what life looks like right now, we begin to forge a new neural pathway, which is one of self-acknowledgement and permission and allowance and gratitude. And that mindset does wonders on our lives. It actually has the capacity to change your reality and create new things, new possibilities, new opportunities, new awareness is that we can ride the wave of so if you're in the dark right now just hold fast the light will return the darkness is a tunnel not a cave Mm. and keep going in whatever ways you can keep going sometimes that looks like vegging out on the couch today sometimes that looks like taking a walk sometimes that looks like actually sitting down to see what you can do to create your life well said so That leads me into, I was checking
0: out your website and I saw the quiz on thought leaders. Could you explain the different levels of thought leaders
1: that you talk about on the quiz? Yeah, totally. Thank you for asking that. That's one of my favorite things I've made. So (laughs) um, I was dorking out on quizzes as I, I was looking at how that would be a really fun addition to my business and my marketing. And as I was doing that, I was trying to come up with what the archetypes could be and I decided I wanted to use some archetypes from the major arcana of the tarot deck. Mm. And um, a friend of mine mentioned that the major arcana is actually related to the Kabbalah, the tree of life, which is um, a beautiful sacred sacred geometry pattern. So I went down that rabbit hole of studying how those things are related. And I sort of stumbled upon or became present to this framework and how it relates to so many things in life. So basically the Kabbalah is about how an idea becomes manifest in physical reality. So how something goes from the ethereal realm into the physical realm. And um, anybody who's starting a business knows you start with this big idea. I want to make this or this is happening. I'm going to start doing what I can to bring this into physical form. So it's an actual thing, a life form and um this is true of writing a book this is true of making a piece of art this is true of building a relationship this is true of um so many things anything we're creating in our lives and especially in our businesses so i was looking at that and bringing it into the lens of being a business owner being an entrepreneur being a thought leader and so the the levels are the fool which is not Mm -hmm. a negative thing i think we have some misrepresentations (laughs) of what foolishness is The Fool is really about taking a leap of faith and it's about boldly moving forward when you aren't sure what the path ahead really looks like. And that's like the first step of becoming a thought leader or an entrepreneur is you have to say, you know what, I don't know how this is going to go and I'm going to make the leap anyway. I'm going to step forward into this. I'm going to claim it as my path and I'm going to start walking this road. And then comes the magician and the magician is um, about resourcing ourselves. It's about gaining tools and knowledge and building our expertise and mastering our craft. And that leads into the high priestess. And the high priestess is like the oracle on the mountaintop. It's the one who's finally tuning into your true wisdom, your knowing, coming into alignment with who you really are, allowing that channel between you and source energy or universal consciousness or God or whoever to become a clearer channel between you and that and allowing that to move through you and become part of your work. And the empress is um, the mother of creation. It's Mm -hmm. where the actual book gets written. It's where the business gets built. It's where the work to create this thing in the physical reality actually happens. And then the hierophant is the one who comes back and teaches about it to the people. So you've mastered your thing. You've created it. You're tapped in. You're in alignment. And now you get to broadcast that message out into the world. You get to share it with your people. You become the orator or the teacher or the facilitator of this thing. And those are the five levels that you get to learn about in that quiz. The thought leader quiz will let you know what level you're at right now, (laughs) what your inner arch nemesis is at that level, and how to start embracing that and moving through that to step into the next level.
0: I love it. It's just, it's so smart. It's so smart. And did any of this kind of impact the way you also named your podcast called Tactical Magic? What's the
1: meaning behind the name? Because I love it. I think it's so clever. Yeah, thank you. I mean, Tactical Magic really is sort of a summation of the two worlds that I walk in. I Mm -hmm. am teaching people about business and entrepreneurship and life through the lens of both action and strategy and tactics and the magic and the energetics of marketing, the energetics of being a leader in this world. And so tactical magic, um, kind of like those two things really fully embodied. And yeah, when I came upon that pairing of words, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's so it. <laughs> so what's like the goal for the podcast? The podcast is really a way for me to showcase how many tools are available out there. I want Mm -hmm. people to feel like they have resources, that they have ideas and inspiration and insight. And it really vacillates between being about um, business and like how to launch your podcast or how to Mm -hmm. hire an assistant or how to do some of the things that you maybe know you want to do, but haven't given attention to yet. And also how do we get out of our own way? How do we line up as our human beings and our spiritual selves to heal what needs to be healed and um, overcome limiting beliefs and obstacles internally so that we can do this work in a really big and powerful way. So I have a lot of healers and practitioners on there, and I showcase a lot of different modalities, many that I've used myself Mm -hmm. to um, unblock the stuff that needs to be released so that we can become ourselves. Can you share your favorite healing
0: modalities?
1: Uh yeah, I mean there's so many for different things. Access mm-hmm. consciousness is an a whole school of thought that so many people haven't heard of, but that has been the modality that's changed my life the most significantly and the most rapidly of anything I've wow. ever tried. And it's funny because so many people haven't heard of it, but there's dozens of classes, there's hundreds and maybe thousands of practitioners on the planet. It's in 150 different countries. You could take classes And it's all about possibilities and asking questions and, um, unpacking what's real and true and what's a lie and then stepping into more of your potency through that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, it's hugely life-changing and every time I go to a, a actual access class, my whole life changes dynamically afterwards. Like every big shift in my life in the last six years has been after an access class and, um, Another one is EFT, which is emotional freedom technique, which is tapping. That one has um, hugely supported me in some hard moments in my life and allowed me to come back to a place of joy and peace and um, letting go of the things that don't serve me and the things that are triggering or upsetting. Um, Those are two of the big ones. Um, Some other ones that are helpful, um, human design Mm and also keys have been really um, helpful in building my self-awareness and helping me see who I am and what my gifts are and how I'm what I'm really here on this planet to be and do and and facilitate um, it can be a really eye-opening experience to dig into human design and I recommend getting a session because it's such an intricate thing to try and dig into on your own I've Absolutely. done a lot of studying of it myself but I get a lot more out of it when I talk to somebody who's like a master of human design I agree with you it is yeah. so
0: important what's your design
1: I'm a generator I thought so yeah I make a lot of things
0: <laughs> yeah what do you think I am can you tell
1: manifesting generator
0: no I'm a projector now you are that I'm makes. Not, sense. I'm not here to do mm-hmm. <laughs> when I found out I was just so relieved I'm like okay so there's nothing wrong with me it's just my energy
1: that's the most beautiful thing I think we can get out of that anything but especially out of that human design stuff is oh there's nothing wrong with me this is actually who I am and who I'm supposed to be and it's really nice to be acknowledged in that way it is is there
0: any healing modalities that you would not try that you are a bit scared of or you just think hey it's not for me
1: no no I I'm down to try almost anything love it yeah
0: love that so you mentioned to me that You live the van lifestyle, right?
1: Yes. Tell Um, us
0: more about it.
1: Yeah. Well, I've been nomadic for most of the last 13 years. Um, There's been a few stints where I lived in a place for four or five months. I once signed a six month lease and broke it a month early because I had to go. I just am a traveler, I'm a vagabond. That's who I am. And I am most fulfilled when I am traveling and on the road somehow. And when my business started to take off, it was like, okay, Molly, you're you know, you can live wherever you want to live now. It's time to find a place and like settle down. And then there's another part of me saying, no, absolutely not. We're not doing that. <laughs> and so That's I started hilarious. looking at RVs and the idea of living in an RV sounded like that'd be cool, but it's so conspicuous. It so looks like someone lives in there. It's hard to park it. It would be difficult to go to the grocery store
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: you know, you'd have to, stay in campgrounds because most people don't want you parking your RV on their street. Right. And so I talked myself out of that and realized that, um, van life, because that was starting to be a thing. I mean, it's been a thing for a very long time, but it was starting right. to gain more popularity four or five years ago. Um, I started looking into that and I bought a van about four years ago and spent the first two and a half years, um, living in it partially built and building it out as I, go- as I went um, I put a floor in and I put the first layer of insulation in and then started traveling in it. So I built the bed in Colorado. I put the solar panels on in Minnesota. I wired in the solar panels when I was in North Carolina. I added a fridge when I was in Texas, and I just built it as I went along and we're four years in now, or in a couple months, it will be four years since I bought the van. And I still love it. Um, I get to be wherever I am and, run my business from wherever I am and travel and see my loved ones and spend real quality time with the people who matter most to me and be out in nature a lot more. Um, I will say at the time of this recording, the last six months, I've been in a relationship with someone who lives in a house and has a nine to five job. So I've been on the road a little bit less, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, but I still very much, uh, live in a van and love it. And, um, I had to overcome a lot of like projections and stories about what it was to live in a van i think
0: i was just gonna ask that that was my next question (laughs) yeah
1: i think i had um my own opinions about it too i mean Mm -hmm. just the fact that technically you live on the street that means i should probably still be a starving artist and still identify as someone who's struggling to get by because you know technically i don't live uh what would look like a prosperous lifestyle and I had to break through a lot of those beliefs to grow my, continue growing my business, even though I live in this way that seems like, oh, you're just, you know, skipping out on society and you're um, not part of the system or I don't know, all the things that you would think of somebody who lives in a van. Whenever I say I live in a van, I, I imagine people seeing me in a minivan with a bunch of trash in the front seat or something. And it's like, no, actually, it's a really nice house. It just happens to have wheels under it. Um, But yeah, I run a six figure business and I live on the road in a van and it's beautiful. And anything we've decided we are or we need to be Mm -hmm. to match people's expectations of us is all bullshit. Excuse my. friend. And we get to decide who we are and what we do and how we live. And it can be as prosperous and abundant and irrational and insane as we want it to be.
0: With all the pros of living in the van and being able to do all those things that you said, like really be selective with your time, what do you think are the cons? Like if somebody wants to have that nomadic lifestyle, like how would you guide them?
1: Yeah. I mean, first off, it is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fact that you don't always know where you're going to sleep tonight. You don't always know, you know, where the next, um, the next normal like safe place you're going to be is if people have a lot of anxiety if you are already really uncomfortable being alone with yourself it might not be the right lifestyle for you right now mm. there, there's uh i think it's a lot easier for people who are comfortable alone um i think some people go into van life because they think that it's a way to escape your problems and the truth is when you get on the road you are very much more alone with yourself and your problems. Mm, so if you don't yeah. have some kind of support system or if you're not able to support yourself emotionally and mentally, um, it's a, sort of a pressure box for that kind of stuff. And it it, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. So it's important to have some sort of mental health support or to be in a good place mentally before you go put yourself in a situation like that, I think. I happen to be an ambivert, so I'm very much alive with people and also very much turned on and excited alone. So mm-hmm. it serves me really well because I can be with people when I want to be with people and I can be alone when I want to be alone. And I get to continue expanding into new scenarios all the time. And that feeds me. And for some people that would build, you know, the existing social anxiety you might have would get harder. Yeah. So it's not for everyone, but, um, that and being self-motivated. Like, mm, if yeah. you need uh, more stable ground to get things done and to stay on top of life, then it can be challenging to have the ground moving all the time.
0: That yeah, totally. I actually hear that a lot, and I'm wondering if you're hearing this a lot with your clients that I can't, I can't be alone. I have to have people around me all the time I have to be doing something do you get that a lot do you hear that a lot
1: um I I don't I think Mm. it depends on the person and I think whenever we hear ourselves saying something like that as if it's true and as if it's always going to be true that's a really great time to start questioning you know why is it that I feel like I need other people around me and what are some ways I can start giving those things to myself now because anytime we feel like we're dependent on something outside of ourselves, it's mm. almost like we're giving our power away.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So was there a client that you may have met early on that you thought that, hey, I don't know if this is, I could really help you, you probably need somebody else, probably deeper therapy, deeper counseling, but you were actually surprised with yourself with how you were able to help them? Did you ever have like a hard case?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like I have grown into the facilitator and coach or leader that I am because I've been willing to show up in situations that I wasn't sure how they were going to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that we are definitely capable of holding bigger space than we are aware of until we're challenged to do so. And um, again, being an entrepreneur, we think, oh, this is great. I'll just go build my own lifestyle. There's so much personal development (laughs) required to successfully live as an entrepreneur that I don't think people know that going into it. You're going to come up against your stuff, especially as a coach or a healer. You're basically marketing yourself as a person. And so there's a lot we have to own up to and (laughs) square up and sort of get an integrity about just to do that at all. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's been some times where I'm like, I've been not sure, am I the right fit for this person? And gone for it anyway, and really shown up and recognized, wow, I I can hold this kind of space. This is beautiful and fulfilling. And there's also been times where really powerful times where I've been on a consult and recognized I wasn't the right fit for a person. And I referred them to someone else or let Mm -hmm. them know, you know, here's everything I can give to you right now. And I hope you have a wonderful day. You know, it's it's actually also very empowering to recognize you're not a fit for the person's needs in front of you and to let that alignment be more important than the money that you need or the, you know, the win you want to feel by getting a new client.
0: Oh, thank you for mentioning that. That was really good. I've been thinking the same thing as well because I have been finding that that I need to refer certain people who come to me because either I have worked with people around them and I know a lot about them already and I feel like it's going to just taint how I'm going to be able to help them that I find that somebody else, like another friend, another healer would do better with helping them because they already are not kind of cloudy with all the information that they are, that I already know. Yeah. And sometimes I feel guilty, but then one part of me is like, you know what? Like I'm glad I'm able to hand them over to somebody that I trust. And that's somebody who actually helps me as well.
1: Yeah. And you got to know that part of that, you, you don't have to make yourself wrong for that or feel mm-hmm. guilty for that because yeah. part of it is what you've just mentioned is your actual like conscious awareness that this other person is who they're looking for. Yep. And part of that is also your higher knowing that may be unconscious that they need to go a different direction than you yes. and you're being the beautiful guide, the helper of connecting those two dots that need to be connected. That is a great job to be doing. Definitely don't hand off every client who comes to you because that that won't work. (laughs) Um, But no, that's such a beautiful awareness and an awareness worth acknowledging that like, oh, wow, I'm having this like knowing that this is the person who needs to work with this person and how great that I got to be the one who connected them together. That that's not a wrongness or something to feel guilty about at all. That's that's high magic.
0: Yeah, I love it. Tactical magic. So what's yeah. your so what do you if there is anything that you kind of don't like about your job or being a healer or coach, is there anything you're just like, you know, I would love to delegate this? Do you have oh, def-
1: oh yeah, I'm an assistant. I delegate a lot of there things. There you go. <laughs> um, I recognize that I uh learned all these tools and skills and the back end strategies of my business and had uh figured out how to do them in my opinion, the right way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I had gotten kind of attached to doing everything myself. And this is so normal. This happens to all my clients. It probably happens to you. I think I know how to do it. So I have to do it. And the truth is that's not true. If you know how to do it, then you're fully capable of teaching someone how to do it exactly the way that you do it. And um, when I finally took the leap and started having an assistant in my life, um, I got to start recognizing, you know what? I know how to do this part of my business and I'm sick of it and I don't want to do it anymore. And I want to be the one recording the podcast and writing the post and shooting the video and not editing it, not posting it or not publishing it or making the things to make it go out. So um, I have two podcasts and I sit down and record the podcast and literally every other part of that is done by my assistant. The editing, the publishing, the social media, posting about it, the um, emailing the guests to remind them the episodes going live, all of that is done by my assistant. And um, yeah, a lot of other parts of my business, like when I'm relaunching a program, when I'm um, sending out reminder emails for my group programs and stuff like that. I do the part that needs to be done by me, which is the heart-centered crafting of the words or the magic, and then delegate the parts that I don't need to be doing anymore.
0: I love it. So what do you think is your bread and butter about your business?
1: Um, I mean, there's a lot of pieces of the puzzle, (laughs) but I have basically three aspects. I have home study courses that Mm -hmm. people can come and take on their own that are lower cost. I have group programs where people can come and be in community with me that are sort of middle ground. And then I still have one-on-one clients that, um, that I work with individually, um, Mm -hmm. at two different levels. One is done with you, where we get on the phone and do the work together. Mm -hmm. And then I also have high end done for you clients where I, um, facilitate the work that needs to get done for their business happening. And then they come back and check in on it. Um, Yeah. But marketing-wise, I mean, my podcast brings in new people. Mm -hmm. I'm showing up on social media, which brings in new people. I'm constantly building my email list. um, And I'm a very big uh, advocate for email marketing and doing it in a really heart-centered and juicy way where people feel like you're contributing on a regular basis. And I teach a lot of my clients how to do email marketing effectively. So, yeah those are the ways people come in and the things that they tend to involve themselves in with my business.
0: Well, you are a
1: talented, very soulful
0: young woman. Have <sighs> Thank to you. Tell you. This was really fun. Can you tell everybody where to find you? Contact you all that.
1: Yeah. So my website is wild hearts with an S rise up.com wild up.com. You'll find that thought leader quiz there. You'll find more about van life and my YouTube channel. Both of my podcasts are on there. There's lots of stuff to look at, lots of free things too. And if you want to follow my adventures and get some inspiration on a daily basis, um, my Instagram is wild underscore one O-N-E underscore rising. And I am just finally getting my butt in gear on TikTok. So it's (laughs) wild hearts rise up on TikTok if you want to follow over there. Sounds good. Thanks again, Molly. We'll be in touch.
0: Have a great holiday. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Take care. Bye. Bye. Back to Sherry in a second, but I just wanted to talk about my favorite vitamins by Mary Ruths. I love to have the apricot, peach, and mango vitamin D gummies they are delicious and I know everybody has seen all these influencers getting these lymphatic drainage massages why not start with an amazing supplement in drop form the lymphatic drops are also awesome and I just got some new products that I'm going to try that I'm excited to um, you know implement into my diet And if you guys want a code, it's Mary Ruth. You just go to their website, Mary Ruth Organics. It's an amazing company. It's all vegan, all natural, delicious. Use code Mary Ruth at checkout for a discount.